also uh, God to God. Like, uh, okay, the tr Christian God, uh, he loves you no matter what, you know, all loving, blah, blah, blah. To think, like, this is what I do to get good at stuff. I hate myself and I make something and it's good but it's not that good and I could do better you piece of shit you better fucking do better uh, and that makes me get better I get better at stuff but I'm also miserable sounds like the voice of uh, a dad possibly yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that's Maybe. I got a stepdad for me yeah but um, if you take that same equation and then you put an all loving God in there it, it like totally dissipates all the fucking like hate I have for myself because this yeah. guy loves me and I'm you know doing and he's fine with it and it's like it's like a little loophole in that system yeah listen I'm no Bill Maher I'm not like Andy anti-people's belief in religion. And, and I think AA works for people who use AA. That, I was just saying personally for me. Actually, like, good good job. That good was job. my thought process at the time and still today. Now, I definitely embrace therapy as an option. Having somebody else who is a, a rational, sensible person kind of being able to give you perspective on what's going on in your life and be like, okay, you know, just as a metric, uh, that's fucked up. You need to do, like, not in that Is language. Is that how you got out of the hole? Was through therapy? No, no, actually. It was just, I just you. You bootstrapped I just it. it on my own. You I bootstrapped fucking bootstrapped it. Yeah. it. You're like, yeah. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. That's insane. But I don't know if you that's necessarily the best way to do it. You know, sure. like, But it worked for you. Like, I want to take therapy now, but it's every time I've tried to go to a therapist, I've always been very dissatisfied with the results. Like, I went to a therapist in college and she just, like, stared at me vacantly <laughs> i went to like a, a child therapist after my grandmother died it was like kind of like oh everything's gonna be all right i was like i never really like i went to a couple therapists uh since then and it's just like the, with, it never clicked but the thing is like rather than give up on it i just need to find the right person sure you know? sure i think a lot of therapists like voyeurs or just like too supportive which doesn't help you know, yeah if you're all everything's good then why am i fucking here? yeah, why, yeah, yeah exactly. why am i giving you 175 dollars an hour if everything is great yeah i don't want it's okay i want like okay here yeah you have a problem but you know let's talk about it and here's like a constructive way to look at the world yeah you know? so wine good opiates bad how much wine do you say you drink <laughs> a, a wine is your job i mean that's why i couldn't ever be in the wine industry yeah. is i i'm not an alcoholic i'm a drunk yeah so like i love i fucking love i love drinking i love day drinking yeah, i love true. drinking for 14 hours at a time i love it when i can start in the morning at like 11 with some whiskey and coffee and i just kind of go whiskey and water and then i start to beer and then when the sun goes down i don't drink any more whiskey and i can drink all day long and even almost until like 11, 12 at night. I'm a little older now, so maybe we'll say 10. So I can do like, you know, 11 hours of solid drinking and I love it. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I have a problem because I, I, don't, I don't do it all the time. But you switched like how much if that's why I couldn't have a job because I'd be like, I'd constantly drink wine. Yeah. I just, I, I fucking love that shit. So your addictive personality didn't, didn't bleed over into alcohol? No. Well, here's the, well, for a couple reasons. Do you think it was situational? Mostly? It's, no, it's just really specific to opiates. I think okay. it's really specific yeah, to opiates. I, like everybody, I, not everybody. Some people have a drug of choice, DOC, yeah. if mm -hmm. you've heard the acronym. Um, and that was mine. That was right, mine. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's my weakness, you know, and not that I haven't done other drugs habitually, but I've never been like, I can't control it. You right. know, uh -huh. I just this love is it like, so much. I can't control it. Right. You know? So, and that's why it's, why it's dangerous with alcohol specifically. Like I, like the negative effects outweigh the positive effects for me so and much immediate, specifically the feeling like shit and like hangovers hit me really hard and really quickly. Like I could be drinking and already start having a headache. Oof. Like even after a couple hours of drinking. Oof. Now I like to drink a little bit. I like, I feel like, uh, just like a little bit of alcohol kind of like, you know, loosens me up just the right amount. Mm. You know, I feel, I feel 
comfortable um but like too much just it takes it too far for me so yeah. I, that's that's why i've been able to control it and honestly this is gonna sound a bit ironic but uh, i don't really drink that much wine anymore mainly because it like gets me way worse of a hangover than anything else sure, so the I, stick tannins. To, I stick to gin i stick to gin mostly and i drink mostly white wine if i do drink wine interesting yeah so what's what what do you recommend to people and do you do you like doing it like it's because you're dealing with people that have Lots of money. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not always. I also work at a wine bar right now, and uh, that, and I like that because it's more casual. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I also do wine tours, and honestly, I, I enjoy that the most right now just because I get, like, a long conversation with people over eight hours versus, like, a short interaction. Sure. But I think if, honestly, if I was going to stay in the industry, I'd rather just, like, open a wine bar and just have it be super casual, low-priced wine. People just come right. and, like, eat and hang out and get a little tipsy and just have, like, it's about the people, not so much the wine, I think. What I recommend to people is based on what they like. I think I know what uh, a balanced wine, like just from studying and drink and like tasting and drinking and educating myself, I know how to evaluate things that are like this is quality and this isn't. But there's like a wide range and like just like comedy, just like art, just like anything. A lot of it's subjective. A lot of it's what you prefer. I think food and drink especially are subjective because everybody has different tastes. Some people like to eat like nothing but asparagus all day long. While other <laughs> people are like, I need a steak immediately. You know, so. Um, you know, what I recommend is like, I just a conversation. I ask them, do you like something like fruit forward or, or dry or whatever? Some basic questions and that kind of gets me Okay, there. so what's like a great uh, $10 bottle of like dry Merlot? Oh, I don't even know Merlots, man. I like I, Merlots are so... Uh, Pinot then, Pinot then. Pinot? Merlot! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, $10, I don't know. You probably find Deloche. I don't think that's too expensive. The problem with Pinot Deloche, is... Yeah. Pinot Noir is super expensive right now uh, just because of Randy. a stupid movie called Sideways. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the movie. The movie was decently made. You know, Paul Giamatti, love the guy. All right. But, um, you know, basically that killed Merlot and that basically like uh, boosted Pinot sales. So now Pinot, it's like impossible to find it for like less than $30 a bottle. Sure. If it's, if it's good. But well, you can it's find also the what? Willamette Valley and the special things where the, where yeah. the, it's like coastal, but not like the, the, the fog comes in just right yeah. over the wine vines and it <laughs> makes this perfect climate for the Pinot Noir. Yeah. Honestly, I recommend European wines mostly to people because yeah. you can get por you get wine from Portugal, you can get wine from Eastern Europe, you get wine from certain areas of Italy. Super cheap, yeah. really quality, great stuff, easy to drink. Like that's that's where I had because they're lesser known areas. The more popular something is, yeah. the more expensive it gets. That's how wine works. And like in another ten years, it'll be something else that's too expensive to buy. So we'll find something else. But like there's an entire world of people growing wine. They're growing wine in Uruguay, Brazil. They're growing wine all over the world right now. Sure. Like. Something Chile's else, really great wines. Yeah, yeah. Something else will come along and 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 be great and inexpensive. I mean, that's kind of how restaurants work. Is you know, you got a bottom line, you need to make money, so you buy something that's like cheap but good, and then it gets popular because you have a trendy restaurant, mm -hmm. and then and you then can't people, buy that anymore. Yeah. And you buy something else. Uh, I just I came back from. Uh, Italy and, and Greece and it was amazing how inexpensive wine was at the store you could spend yeah. like three euros on a bottle and you'd have an amazing bottle I mean we were spending like I was looking at it and I'm like what about this one it's, it's euro 50 it was like we, yeah. it was insane the wine was almost cheaper than water it, it yeah, was you find garbage wines for like 89 euro cents yeah, like, like, yeah. but it was I, I was just so impressed we drank we drank a lot of wine uh why do you think historically has wine been considered sacrificial and what's the whole thing with Jesus and the blood of him being wine and what do you why do you think these rituals sort of have evolved around wine well rituals have always been important you, you know Joseph Campbell I uh -huh, assume uh -huh. yeah, yeah big fan of Joseph Campbell uh, and you know he talks a lot about 
this as specifically as it as it pertains to uh, uh, Native American or uh, American Indigenous tribes, and uh, you know, and also um, any sort of pagan tribes. The ritual is a huge part of religion. The Catholic religion kind of brought in a lot of that as well, and because uh, it is what kind of differentiates normal reality from this like spiritual experience and so it delineates the difference between i'm just outside eating a sandwich and i'm in here having a moment with god right now and somebody's (laughs) like connecting us so that's really what it's about i think you know it could have been anything why is it wine i just think because wine was such a part of western culture at that point you know the greeks really kind of kicked it off and the romans kept that up and then uh it just anywhere where the romans were there was wine and so you know spread out all over Europe exactly and then then the Catholics basically took I don't say took their place but well Roman Catholic came in well came in as the new power structure somewhat but what really what happened is um, you know the Romans were uh, a a government essentially a political body uh and not a religious one and like they didn't really care what you did religiously you know there are plenty of different gods right pontius pilate was like you guys want to kill this guy you want to you got call him the king of the jews you want to kill him Uh, okay cool yeah whatever i'll do it sure i'm your man sure whatever yeah um whereas uh oh god what was i saying oh yeah so where the catholics came in and uh they had divine authority but there was still like different government governmental bodies i mean not at first but by the time you get to like a, a, a that 1000 ad 1066 the battle of hastings you know and like the catholic church has spread out enough they you know the kings are really controlling that area working with them but you know there were times when they went against the catholic church you know they had a great schism you know you had the false pope well they he, the one guy wanted to get a divorce from his wife the king and he was like and that's Henry fuck VIII. your church yeah. i'm gonna get a divorce we're gonna call it a new church Exactly. Your rules are dumb. I'm the king. Whereas if they were like the <laughs> government, then they could just uh, stamp out a rebellion, you know. But they had to rely on the fear of different monarchs to do their bidding. Does knowing history for realsies, because you actually studied it, does it scare the fuck out of you what's going on right now in our world? Uh, I mean, I'm always scared. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like historically speaking, I don't know. Sure. Um, I think what scares me more is uh like we we're not evolved you know i think our ideas may have evolved but we as emotional people are not evolved and technology has greatly evolved and i think it's it's evolving faster than we can comprehend it which Mm. means accidents will happen Mm. how big those accidents are going to be i don't know i know a lot of bad shit's going to happen but a lot of good shit's going to happen too it's just like (laughs) do we make it or not i don't know this is like the period in society where we determine if the human race continues yeah, or we right fall there. off I, yeah. I realized the other day we're closer to like the biblical fucking apocalypse than like we have fucking a uh, machine that rips holes in space time you know the the mark of the beast shit is i was uh, watching a video and so uh facebook hired uh one of the like one of their lead tech people is uh like a former darpa uh mm-hmm. operative whatever yeah. and they said the brain chip is going to be out by 2020 like within a year, they're gonna be brain chipping people. Brain uh, chipping. Brain chip. What is Talking that? Talking about like mean? neural lace, yeah, like yeah, what yeah. Elon Musk was talking about. Mm-hmm. He's like, like amping up your uh, ability to process information. Shit, to yeah. yeah, the future basically. There's a few different theories as far as like where we go. Do we merge with technology? Does technology supplant us? Does do we like basically become technology, or do we like advance biologically, like through nanotech or something like that? So there's a bunch of competing branches of science, right? 
right now for like what futurists believe but will be what about what just the human race will being look like. like human what about like getting back to like body hair or something yeah you know what, I mean? what about like Girl, what about embracing you. all like the the organic nature that we've been trying to negate for so long and saying that no negation of this let's actually be human and what it means to be human and not try to what is, does, uh, Hormone does, like, therapy and drug therapy and. What, yeah. what about like uh, DNA alteration or gene, gene splicing shit? It's Pandora's box. I'm not into it's that shit either. I mean, the farthest I'll go is putting like baby blood on my face. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's to, to stay young forever. But I'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to like. But like donated, you know. Gene, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's say this. If my buddy. Can't just take was, baby blood. Yeah. Well, right, okay. Let's let's say that let's say that um, Zach Wiseman got in a horrible accident and they were gonna chop his leg off. But uh-huh. if I had a baby and then gave it an abortion and then we could give those stem cells to make you have a leg again, I'd do that. I'd I'd, I'd have a baby and murder it for Fuck you, yeah. so that you could wow. that's like that's, that's your that's, baby to murder, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right, but that's but that's because it's I'm actually using the genetics. I don't want to like take out genes and splice them and blah blah blah. I'm like if if I can give you if I can make cells inside my body with like magic of birth and right. then like somehow scientists can use it to save somebody else my aborted fetus i'm um, like fuck yeah so like they don't they're, they're finding new places to get stem cells from so if they don't need they're stem cells need from them. your baby would you still kill your baby for me depend what you need me to kill it for <laughs> do you need it or does this like i mean a, i don't want a baby anyway so like i would just night, have a baby to kill it but <laughs> fresh squeezed baby blood you stay young forever Right, all right, we're, we're, we're off the I apologize, I do this. It uh, takes us off the trail. Uh, but, you know, do you think abortions are moralistically wrong, or do you take no stance? Uh, I think, I mean, I think in some sort of situations, abortions could be considered moralistically right. Yeah! You know? um, Kelly Evans. Listen, I, uh, I know people don't like to hear this, but, like, overpopulation is an actual thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now that... First world societies are kind of moving into a negative birth rate. That's great, but that wasn't always the case. And, you know, a big reason why we're not currently in the red right now, like at the moment, and we're still moving towards it, is that China instituted a one-child policy. Now, mm. whether you agree with that or not, or there's a lot of negative aspects of that yeah. for sure. It's probably but, the most ethical way to curb uh, curb population, though. But, but if really. it wasn't you know that, happened? then we would have another billion or more people on this planet. Yeah, probably more. There, there are millions of of undocumented Chinese that sure. didn't, their parents had one child yep. and then they had another Kept and they've been living in secret and thank God all Chinese people look the same. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> because they've hidden in the cracks. I'm kidding. They they don't all look the same. To each other though? That's the question. I don't know. To each other I think they, but there are, there are millions of people who were born after the the, the one child yeah. rule and they don't have passports yeah. they don't have birth certificates they don't technically exist and they're still there and they're alive yeah. so well, what are we is that in addition to that they're people? kidnapping women from neighboring countries like Vietnam because Oof. you know they they treasure uh, having a boy over having a girl so now there's like way more men in China than there yes, are women like 70% men or something it's, well it's terrifying but not even like just for sex it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, for yeah. Uh, for marriage like to like imprison them into marriage uh, thank god a lot of them escape and there's resources on Jesus. the other side of like northern Vietnamese border for them but it's just like I mean there's pl- there's a lot of stuff wrong with that what happened with that policy unintended consequences and this goes back to what I was saying about technology it's like we make the decisions that are life-changing or society-changing, mm-hmm. and we don't understand the implications of them until 20 or 30 years later, and, and by then it may be too late. I 100% agree with that, because 
right now, uh, I'm I'm 44. I don't know how old you are, but um, when when I was in the 80s, I remember when Ritalin started becoming very popular with kids at school, and it wasn't that the kids wanted it; it's the parents and the teachers, and they said, "Put this kid on Ritalin." Yeah. And then we put we systematically put an entire generation of people on baby methamphetamine that they've been taking for 20 plus years now it's just we, amphetamines it's just amphetamines well i think i feel like i feel like it's for <laughs> it really babies. is i feel yeah. like i feel like the ritalin is like it's safe for babies like yeah. it's safe it's to take because it's adderall it's, it's for babies molecule. that's it so it's yeah, slightly it's like, different molecule it's also. basically the same thing it, yeah. right so with we have years of unchecked methamphetamine use and what's going to start happening are we going to start seeing a lot of people that require kidney dialysis like what's happening what are the health problems of the people in my age range and a little bit younger that are going to start cropping up because we didn't have the foresight we're like mm. fucking shut those kids up in class yeah wow the <laughs> make problem. them docile don't teach them just make them shut yeah. up give them these drugs and then with that usage over time what happens? Yeah. Well, I mean, two things. One, sure, I mean, amphetamines are a huge problem, but look at fucking sugar in this country. Uh, like, the amount yeah. of sugar. You want to talk about kidney dialysis, like, that's a big reason. Absolutely. You know, diabetes because of that, uh, leading to kidney dialysis. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, the reason why people are pumping their kids full of amphetamines is because the way that we educate is from the 1800s, all right? right? We don't use anything else from the 1800s. We're not using horses and buggies. <laughs> we're, you know, things have moved forward, but somehow we still have an education system that uses the banking method. It makes absolutely no sense for the current technology or where the future is going. Or, like, or just in terms of how people learn things. Exactly. Like, it, none of it makes sense. You know, people want to move around because they're curious. They want uh -huh. to interact with the world. Like, mm -hmm. they don't want to just shut up and sit You, you could just take kids and be like, what do you like? And he's like, I like Pokemon cards. And I'm like, all right, we can teach you most of this stuff through Pokemon yeah, cards. Yeah, math. You yeah. can teach math through Pokemon you cards. Almost, Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. the future is gamification, like basically like VR education, yeah. where it's like it's a game that you're involved in, and that's how you learn history or whatever you want to learn mm -hmm. is by interacting. And the thing is the algorithm, this is the one thing about technology that I do like, is the algorithm can learn from how you respond to things. So if you do really well with one like method of education, then it starts reinforcing that. Yeah. And so then you start learning at a faster rate, and it's more effective mm -hmm. more efficient i like the 1800 like shit yep. fuck these kids <laughs> fuck these little babies that i'm bored in school i can't sit still you know what i couldn't either i was an adhd kid and i wanted to raise my hand all the time and i wanted to jump around and i just sat there and i fucking took it and it made me a smarter person and a better person I think that it's too. We make it too easy. Oh, do you not want to read a book? Why don't we give you a video game to play so you can learn? How about shut the fuck up and learn? How about memorize shit? Kids don't memorize anything anymore. They this don't even is know why we have tables. that shit, though. It's like that frustration, and I think a lot of that is born out of like, well, this is the way I did it, so this is the way you should do it. But right. we got to let that shit go. That's too conservative of an attitude. Certain things we have to be liberal about. Certain things we have to be conservative about. I think one thing to be liberal about is like, you know, how do we? What's if, the best way to go yeah, forward? If something works better, you should probably just do that. Yeah. And yeah. like, and I think if people, if kids can't sit still and they did, you know, like maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. I think that the yeah. thing is, and I've, and I found this with, uh, cause I used to manage a restaurant and the thing you learn is like when you have to make decisions for other people is like, sometimes you're wrong, you know, and you gotta <laughs> let that shit go mm -hmm. real quick. And the thing is, if you hold on to it too much, everybody thinks you're an asshole and right. you probably are an asshole because you don't want to listen to other people's thoughts or opinions or try something that might actually work. You're right all the time. I and mean, it's hard to be right all the time. Yeah. It's yeah, And you it's can't, impossible. you can't die on every hill. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like if people are gonna, Jesus you, you can't you can't die on every hill. You got to choose your battles. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. No, no, no. <laughs> Yelling is great. I, I mean, I constantly. I have a I have a rant on every show. It isn't a show unless I rant about something. Nice. Uh, so, you feel you feel like you're balanced now. You feel like 
all the addiction is behind you. The future is now. Everything's going to be okay for Kelly Evans. Uh, I don't know if I go that far. I, th- I don't think the addiction is ever behind you. I think it's always there. I think the one thing AA does have is like, you know, it's always present. You have to be aware of it. Like I was saying, yeah. you have good days and bad days. And it's just like knowing where that line is and just knowing what the, like, I know what the danger signs are now for my behavior. And I uh, avoid those at all costs. Like, it's like, I'm not going to hang out with these people. I'm not going to do this. I'm, recognizing the feelings is like, exactly. it's the biggest part of most things. Well, it's like panic attacks. I started having panic attacks about like four years ago. Oh. And like, I don't have them anymore. And I haven't had one for a couple years. Watch, I'm gonna have one tomorrow. But like, because I, I started recognizing what the signs were leading up to them and the things that were, you know, making me feel that way and making me so anxious. And then I was able to start like rerouting what I was doing mentally to avoid that, you know. Yeah. So are other people not able to become healthy because they're just not using self-examination? Is it? I think there's a lot of uh, people lying to themselves. There's. That. I think there's a huge amount of that. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Nobody knows what the fucking cure is for addiction stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was a drunk for, like, a good number of years. Like, most of my life I've been a fucking drunk. And uh, I'm, I'm not a drunk anymore. And not like I abstained from alcohol. And I didn't go to AA. I just did a bunch of acid. And it, like, fucking, it, like, I don't have that monster in me anymore. Yeah. It's very, I don't know how to explain it, but it functioned. I mean, I just don't fucking, I'll have four drinks. I'll have six drinks. And I just don't want to, I don't want it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to presume to have the answer for everyone. I think it's different depending on yeah, who you are. I think a big part that helps me is that I feel like I have something to like uh, look forward to and yeah. live for. Like I have people that I care about, you know, um, and that really helps. And it's like I want to. It's not just me. Like if I feel like I'm alone in the world and I'm just like floating in the ether, then I'd probably be more likely to just say fuck it. But sure. because right. I'm not. Um, that helps a lot. So you just have to find someone or something that, like, yeah, you know, is a reinforcer thing. for you. Like, you know, the, I care about these people and I want to, you know, maintain yeah. a relationship with them or this thing. Like, comedy, I think, is another thing that I'm, like, really excited about now. And, like, being a comedian is, like, I finally, like, feel like I've, like, I've never been one of those people that, like, oh, Johnny plays a piano or, like, somebody's really good at acting or yeah. whatever. I've never had that thing. Huh. And it's, like, it feels like that thing for me. Like, it's, like, God, it's, comedy? like, not even that long like uh on stage four and a half five months uh but i've been writing since june so but it's like it's nothing's really felt like that right he's funny yeah cool you know it feels good he has he has a he has a a good voice and a good presentation on stage it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he's um you know he's good looking gay (laughs) (laughs) but he's he's new he but he works i see him he grinds he's there at hotel utah every week shows up here i mean and the thing I appreciate about you is that you're new and you're funny, but you you don't have an ego yet about it. Like where there are some people who are new that are like, I'm so great at this. Oh God, Why aren't no. you booking me? I'm so great at this. And you're like, I'm doing my thing. I'm writing jokes. You come with new material. You come with jokes. Yeah. You work them out. And you're calm on stage and you don't give off that vibe of like, like me, like me, like me. You're like, here's what I'm presenting to you. Yeah. I mean, that's all I can do. <laughs> well, that's why I like it. It's like, it's an opportunity. Like I feel like more free and honest right now than I've felt in a long time. Yeah. Because like working at restaurants and managing people, you have to like cut off a huge part of your personality and mm-hmm. it just it was like it was like strangling me i felt like so, like i was suffocating so it's like now i feel like i can breathe again and like you know just being honest on stage and trying to find the funny in life and you know not to say that it's like i'm gonna do some stupid hacky shit periodically but it's a learning process Everybody. you know like you won't like, even realize it's some of the hacky shit and then like a year later exactly like, uh, it's tom <laughs> tom's shoes jesus what am i doing no, i it's, uh, seriously my first 
year and a half, I had this joke that was a joke that derived from a bar joke. So it literally was completely hack. But I used it because it worked every time. And it was so hacky. And I didn't understand what hack was until I was at a show at the uh, Black Repertory Theater. And there was a comedian who'd been doing it much longer than I had. And she said to me, I I did a joke where the the punchline was uh, business in the front, party in the back. And it was about my uh, butt hair and not shaving my butt hair. And it being very long and voluminous. And after I got off stage, this particular comic, she walked up to me and she goes, I've had that business in the front, party in the back joke for years. That's my joke. And I was like, oh, sweetheart, I'll never use that hacky bullshit again. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, yeah. We both, there was another one I had, I thought that I came up with chastity pelt. I thought, oh, I don't, I don't shave my pubes, so I have a chastity pelt. And I thought I was the smartest person alive. Turns out that's been around for a long time. Yeah. That's just parallel thinking. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't unusual or even new. like like shit that is not hack you google it and you'll be like what the fuck yeah yeah well i mean that's the hard thing is like uh people have similar ideas we live in the same culture you have similar yeah. ideas mm-hmm. like it's hard to find a truly original like thought and premise it. you know yeah it's true so, that's why i that's why i just i think the what i like to do and what i really enjoy is just like keep writing keep writing coming up with new stuff coming up with new stuff mm-hmm. refining stuff just playing with it and then like just you know if it doesn't but work don't do it that's you know? the actual work and i think maybe because you're of a different generation where you do put in the work as opposed to i'm gonna do tons and tons of stage time with no plan and everything every word that drips from my honeyed lips is gorgeous I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna record everything I'm gonna record anything everything and never listen to it again but I don't write anything down because everything is in the moment because everything I think is hilarious and it's like you're lazy but you're not lazy because you're putting the pen to the paper yeah. and working it out and, and coming from a writing perspective as opposed to a yeah, there are different ways to do. I mean, you don't sure. have to write anything down. Yeah. If you have a That's decent true. memory, you like how you uh, do comedy dictates how you can do comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you if you are recording all of your sets and doing like uh, following set list like to a T, you are not going to be good at fucking negotiating like a some heckly shit yeah. and like right, you're thrown right. off and then or or just pay, paying attention to like what you're doing because you, you get to watch it later. I'll just watch yeah. it later and then I'll know what I'm doing. Yeah, you gotta try different stuff. Yeah, get yeah, out of your absolutely. comfort zone. I mean, maybe like you find the thing that works best for you, but you still do other stuff too, just yeah, to like absolutely. challenge your mind and like. And the proof is in the pudding. That's why like stand up is yeah, like immediate. people laughing. That is your proof. If people mm-hmm. aren't laughing, then you're doing something wrong. But that know? joke worked at the other place. Yeah. What's it, wrong with you guys? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, always, <laughs> well, always you, do that. Blame, blame people. And 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 not to say that that isn't true. Very little of the time, like maybe like if you're at an open mic and like it's just comedians, it's five thirty, yeah. and like nobody is listening. Then yeah, okay, maybe in that situation. But if like over half the time that you get up and perform that joke, people don't laugh. That is a bad yeah. sign. Or know? or if it worked at the other place and worked here, did you do something different? You probably did something different. And that's possible you know I mean? too. You gotta self-reflect. self-reflect. I think of it like being a wizard. I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to have as many spells as possible, and I want them to work on everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's philosophy. A, I was that's talking a about. That's great. That's a great like. Well, I was thinking yeah. about this. Is like you, like 
I think the best comedians layer their jokes. They have, because who's your audience? You have the drugs, people who are really high, you have the sophisticated people, you have people who don't drink, you know, so you have a variety of people and you want to try to capture everybody, right? So it's yeah. like, you have the little stuff for the drunks to laugh at and that's really kind of captures mm-hmm. in the moment. You have the bigger picture stuff for the people who want to think about it. Then you have really overarching like threads mm-hmm. that connect everything together. And just like the way like uh, in jokes, I want to give uh, like a pause long enough for the people who are smart to get it before I say it. So they're like satisfied with that, but then I'm going to say yeah. it for everybody who doesn't get it, and I'm going to say it in a funny voice. Yeah, so that, everybody's happy. Yeah, that's just what I think now, though. That wolf. could probably change over time. It's a wolf. It's a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not even, that's, even, that's not even a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Zach's jokes. Um, well, hey, we're, we're going to wrap up here because we, cool. we have a band coming in next. But what, where are you performing next? What's going uh, on with you? I have Harry a show Evans? at, uh, I'm doing Delirium for Warhol's birthday. Awesome. March 11th. I'm on that too. All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Have a good time. Uh, that's all I have right now. Uh, I just got, I did a contest on, on Sunday at Cobbs. It went really well. So, oh, great. You know, a contest? That, yeah, it was, uh, uh, there goes the neighborhood. Ah, uh, who ever, books that? I can't get on the show. I have no idea to ask to get on that show. Uh, Jimmy a, Earl. I hope he doesn't a, hate me for that out Is there. it a bringer show? Do you have, it is a bringer show. Oh, I've never show. done a bringer show. Yeah, I don't, yeah, have, any, yeah. I mean, I don't I, have any friends. I, no one will come for me. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think, you know, well. Not to say that I'm not funny, but I think they also saw that I have a lot of people that I know outside of uh, comedy, so like I could probably bring a lot of people, which I did, uh, which, you know, I wouldn't do bringer shows all the time, but I'm, I'm new. I mean, I, I want to get my name out there. I want an audience. I want people to laugh and to show people that I'm funny, so I'll take what opportunities I can at this point. You Hell know? yeah. I don't think like I could be, at this point, I shouldn't be snobbish about where I perform. You know, it's like, I just want to get on stage and try different stuff for the different types of people and like see what what's out there. You know, you got to see the world before you decide which part of it you want to exist in. Well, let's book you for late March, early April on a Pantastics. Oh, so awesome. That you have something else coming up that you can look forward to we'll we'll get that done in the interim we have a we have a band coming up next i was at an amazing show um at bottom of the hill it was an afternoon show if you ever hear that subliminal sf is doing a show a barbecue show Mm -hmm. you must go it costs only ten dollars and the barbecue was worth more than ten dollars like they had they had like eight kinds of meat it was so good and there were four bands and one of them was war bison and i fucking love war bison they're local and birth defects another band that i just love but outside passing around flyers i ran in to a nice man from a band called i'm gonna pull it up here i'm gonna remember it's the it's like the the somethings where is it i don't see the thing and i'm looking for it now i sound dumb uh the uh, they're gonna be in here in a second and then we'll know what the band name is because i am a terrible terrible host but it's not fair i've been i've been burning the candle at you're an amazing things. host oh thanks i've been trying to get people to come to the mutiny radio comedy festival coming up march 1st through 5th it's only a week away the band is called these bastards these bastards are going to come in next and, and talk to me on some call me tim but uh kelly this was really great thank you for having i had no idea like your sordid past you look i've always as I've seen you and met you the past couple months, I just saw you as this really stand-up, completely together guy. And not that past addiction makes anyone any different than that, yeah. but just I see you as this like you, like you present really put together. Yeah. So that's unusual for comedians because usually they're just piles of dog shit. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wiseman was in here, so no, I'm kidding. I love Zach Wiseman. Uh, that's a lot. But, <laughs> but um, it's hey, because usually and you're you're nice, well put together guy. Go see Kelly Thank Evans, everybody. Go yeah. like him on. Can they, fo- they can follow Facebook, you on the Instagram. Yeah, Facebook, and the f- Instagram, Kel, 
E man with underscores in between the Kel and the E and the E and the man. I know that's a lot. Where, where can we see you do your, where can we experience your sommelier excellence? Do you want uh, to tell us that you want to keep that a secret? Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I work at a wine bar in Hayes Valley called Birba. It's B-I-R-B-A. Small little place. It's fun. It's low cost. It's just like we have good food and good wine and it's not like super expensive. So come by. We'll that have a good time. great. Monday nights, 15% off bottles, baby. Yeah. Why don't you start an open mic there? I want to actually. It's a little small. Or not an open mic. A backyard, a showcase. A yeah. showcase. I want to do a showcase in the backyard, which is really nice, pretty large. But I'm still putting that together. I probably won't. Like the, the summer, weather when needs it gets to, warmer. Exactly. Yeah. But you've got the like time. April. Oh, my God. That would be great. Oh, I, mean, I forgot to mention. I'm also hosting uh, Watch and Learn this Saturday. Oh, so. fantastic. So I'll be here this Saturday. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get a awesome. funny comedians. I'll, I'll probably be here, too, running, <laughs> running your Instagram. Thank you so much, Kelly Evans. Thank I, you. I wish you luck with uh, starting your own showcase. That, what, and that would be so great to have a new venue to do something like that, especially with, like, Hayes Valley. Nothing's going on in Hayes Valley. Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think so. so. And that, and there's tons of people that live there. Yeah. So you have a built-in audience. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have a, a following at the place too. So you know, yeah. a lot of people are regulars. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, for thank me. you Seriously. so much. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Pam. Uh, everybody, we're gonna bring these bastards in in just a second. Enjoy the weird sounds of um, the our background uh, CD. This is some Call Me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. We're gonna be right back with these bastards.
fuck yeah. That was these bastards. That was off old and pissed. Uh, they're in the studio right now here on the second hour of Some Call Me Tim. Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, so you guys are playing tomorrow night, Thursday, February 21st at the Elbow. I didn't know there was an Elbow Room in Oakland. I thought yes. it was just the one that closed here. Nope. That one opened, I don't know, about a year about before a year before the one closed. I think uh, that was... Uh, it used to be called the Nightlight, I yeah, think? Yeah, it used to be called the Nightlight. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think he opened that because he knew that the one in SF was was on a limited, you know. Right, right. That was going <laughs> to be, yeah. soon it would be uh, more condos because that's exactly that's, that's exactly what we need in the mission yeah. is we need to push out artists and just bring in more condos so that untalented, boring people can just ruin our city. Uh, they can make apps. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but condos. Nothing but condos as far as I can see. They can make and live in condos and yeah. have $4 coffees. Right, I know. I, I can't I, believe $4 coffees. Don't do they, it. they don't even have alcohol in them. I don't spend four dollars on a drink unless it has alcohol in it right, right. like are you that. kidding me straight yeah four dollar um, drink's hard to come by now too yeah, yeah you're not cheap. getting one of those either yeah. it's like a four dollar <laughs> cup of coffee four dollar cup of coffee what's happening in this world um, that's talking about ago. i'm sure it's much more than that now. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, I know. it's it's fresh drip press action. I know, and I buy it for five ninety nine a pound at Gross Out. So it's like, why would I spend nice. four dollars on a cup? <laughs> yeah. Thursday, February twenty first, Elva Room at Jack London Square in Oakland. Empty yeah. people, these bastards, and that ship has sailed. It sounds like a poem, just in the band names that <laughs> yeah, are yeah, playing. Yeah. And also added is a violent opposition. Violent. Unfortunately, opposition. Uh, Invertebrae was, was on the bill, but uh, this week let us know that they couldn't do it and so mm. we did a mad scramble and found a great band called Violent Opposition yeah. friends of ours they rock yeah, yeah. and they will fucking bring it yep oh excuse me no I think no no you can swear you can oh, say fucking you can fucking fuck swear the whole time you can yeah. you can say fuck the police for a whole hour if you want I don't I don't care you can the last time maybe. You can, <laughs> no, oh maybe we were on the last time we were on the radio I guess it was like radio radio so we couldn't right yeah yeah watch our language exactly and they put it on a delay too so that people can't so they can beep us yeah (laughs) so how long has these bastards been together as a band year and a half that's not that long maybe not that long i mean we kind of were figuring things out for a while but like actively like a year about a year Yeah. yeah actively about a year yeah just a little over a year. I think we found our singer uh, last February, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. And were you all in different bands and this was a side project that then everyone said, ah, this is the project? Or how did that all shake uh, down? I Well, actually, Alex and I were in a band briefly. How long ago was that? A couple of years ago. I don't even yeah. remember. It was a uh, band called Fastbender and we were together for about a little, a little under a year. Yeah. We, we only played two shows. <laughs> Made a demo and then it just kind of Fizzled. died of the lack of its own momentum. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were all doing other things. And the band I was in before this with the drummer, our drummer Tommy that we have now, just kind of wasn't working out. And one day Tommy and I were like, we should ask Alex if he wants to do a new thing and just try something else. And he did. And I thought I asked you. Did you ask me? I don't think. I was it might have been one of those like serendipitous things where Tommy yeah. and I were talking about it, and then you were like, "Hey, we should do something." And then you and said, like, well, "Well, I got a drummer. <laughs> yeah, we could just you know, we just finished this other band. I, I think so that might have been it. All kind of came together. And then you found the singer, who's and, a friend of the and drummer. And then yeah, uh-huh. we just like. Uh, and I also knew. Yeah, there's a weird thing with the drummer and the singer. I actually knew both of them, but I didn't know that I knew them. Yeah. Until I saw them again. 
<laughs> and you guys are crazy thrash. You guys are like thrash metal. Would you consider yourself thrash metal? What would you call yourself? There's, yeah. I mean, I just I usually say hardcore just because it's all encompassing and sure. you don't yeah. have to. You know, I don't know. Covers a lot of. I, I, there's elements of a lot of stuff, box, but yeah. I, I'd call us like hardcore, fastcore. I mean, I mean, fast there's core. there's elements of everything. You know, everything yeah. that's heavy. You know, yeah. we like all everything sorts of heavy, stuff, heavy. So. everything, yeah. but st- we don't really do any like sto- slow stoner type stuff. Yeah, yeah. more psych stuff. Rock. We don't really right. do that, but sure. we definitely yeah. do more high energy kind of stuff. I think, yeah. We almost did some psyche stuff, but then it got eighty sixed. It did. As a group, you were like, <laughs> "It's not heavy enough." Well, Come it, on. Just, it was just I don't know. Maybe it didn't feel right. <laughs> it wasn't feeling right. But so, what but, are your influences? It sounds like you guys are all over the map. That's anything heavy. What's the? Um, what would you say you're like the things? And maybe not even your influences. Stuff you like to listen to outside your own band. Um, I mean. Well, that's definitely something different than what this band would be about. I mean, yeah. we, I think we all have varied tastes all across the board. Because you love ABBA, and that has nothing to Not. do with well, <laughs> I mean, my, my, my favorite band is actually, my favorite bands are They Might Be Giants and Devo. That's <gasps> so cool. So. <laughs> the sun is a mass of incandescent oh, yeah. gas, a, a molecular burning Yeah, don't get me started. hydrogen <laughs> that are heated to millions of degrees. Yep. I love They Might Be Giants. Oh, that was one awesome. of the first bands that I ever connected with because I I was, I'm old. Um, Nickelodeon had just started in the day. I'm, I'm yeah, 44. welcome to the club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're, I mean, we're all in the same kind of age. I was, I'm yeah. 44 years old, and so okay. I was watching. We, we've got you beat. We no, got you, you really? Beat. You yeah. do? You guys, oh, look, you, guys yeah. look, you guys look young. You Listen look good junior. for your age. <laughs> but there was, remember when They Might Be Giants was on Nickelodeon? It was yeah. like they had a, it was, it wasn't MTV, because I wasn't allowed to watch MTV, because it was like all, at that time, it was all like girls in bikinis washing cars and like she's my cherry pie and my parents are like that's hyper sexualized and we don't agree with it and so but on Nickelodeon they had all of these they might be giants like songs and videos and they had those cartoon videos I remember I feel like I would like that band I, I don't really know that. You would. I, I, I don't know. It's hard. They, his, his voice is kind of whiny. Their voice, it, that sound is kind of, but it, you get used to it. It's like Rush, okay. you know? I it like is. Rush. It's, yeah. <laughs> I and love Rush. I, I do too. <laughs> Uh, it's hard though when you, you gotta go, go there, to Getty, you go a lot of places you gotta go to Getty Lee Land but you don't have to you either like to go to Getty Lee Land or, or you, you don't, don't. Yeah. Right. you either get it or you just like yeah. yeah They Might Be Giants is similar and, and it's I think also um, Elvis Costello I always really resonated with him when I was younger I like yes. Elvis Costello he's alright yeah, yeah, yeah I don't have like a hundred albums but yeah. My Name Is True is pr- pretty much a classic I like that guy so um, tell me about your, your so who's your so Top, top three things you like to listen to right now. Oh, geez. Right now, a lot of, um, okay, g- generally, 70s guitar rock. Generally, All right. Generally, Frank Zappa. Oh, wow. When Time think, signature changes. Yeah. Fuck and me. Then, and when recently, I think of Alex, I think of Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> recently, in the last couple of weeks, oh, well, I'm not going to mention that one, but Voivod, recently, just because I've just discovered their new album, um, and, and really liking it. Keep so. keeping it proggy. Yes, keeping proggy. it proggy. So like and deep sci-fi. purple. You know, I'm not a deep purple fan, actually. I They're no. one of the bands I, I don't completely dig from yeah. that era. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy, all that, you know, all that sure. the guitar rock yeah. stuff, Thin Lizzy you know. Myself. I know the other two guys, since uh, they can't be represented today, uh, but they're both big fans of the Dead Milkman and <gasps> Mojo Nixon. You guys are all over the map. Yeah, we're yeah. all over the place. And then, but this, and how do you take those varied 
things from your own life and then create this sound together that's very like heavy and fa- who's writing the lyrics let me start there that's leech. all leech yeah our singer leech he that's writes the him. lyrics it's a lot of his inspirations are like a lot of occult stuff uh, mixed with like western philosophy and huge criticism of what's happening in this area yeah, yeah i know <laughs> yeah. i love that you guys are going to be playing with war bison coming up soon and i yes. love that song that they sang that's on their new album that's all about what 45 is doing and it's like don't stop i love it's like i it's it's i never know what what Dwayne's really saying, but I, I feel, I get the feeling in my heart. No, we're super yeah. excited to be playing with them. Uh, we're yeah. doing two shows actually with them in March. We're right. doing a double header. We're going to spend uh, Friday night, the eighth up in Sacramento Oh wow. at the veterans hall. Yeah, and Fair Oaks actually. Uh, Fair Oaks, Fair excuse Oaks. me. It's, uh, Fair Oaks is a really neat place because they have, um, their town allows roosters to roam free and chickens in the streets. Really? Yes. And so in Fair Oaks, it's so weird. They have some restaurants and they have trees in the back and you can sit outside in these restaurants and the chickens are just allowed to live in the fucking trees. Hell yeah. And like I roosters it. everywhere, it's Fair Oaks is a weird place. Yeah, y'all gotta come down to Fair Oaks and rock <laughs> yeah. with us on the eighth. With the chickens. It's an awesome, uh, it's awesome spot. It's very it's it, it is a veterans hall, and yeah. uh, where you play is one room, and right next door is a bar. Nice. Yeah, where all the Winning. old like VFW hall <laughs> yeah. members are sitting at the bar, super and drinking. fun. Sacto kids rule. They're so fun, and they love yeah. music. Like we do, and we all we have a good time every time we go up there. So we're happy War Bison's Absolutely. coming with us. Yeah. And then the next night, uh, it's their record release show at Parkside, and we were lucky ah, enough yes. to be invited to play there. Yeah, um, War Bison record release. Yep. With Cold Claw and Grossero. Yep. And there was March rumors 9th. from one of the members in War Bison that they were going to be playing a new new song, which they felt was their most hardcore song yet. Okay. Let's see what happens. And they do a <laughs> lot of time. Challenge. They do a lot of time signature changes as well. I, I've that's one of the things that when you mentioned Zappa, I'm like, it's hard to do as a. For, I mean, I don't understand sometimes. Bancy, I'm a stand-up comedian, so for me, it's like I have a routine and I practice it, and I'm up on stage by myself, so I can't really fuck up. But you guys are together, doing something all four of you, and that sort of amazes me that you can have drastic changes in where you were going and you stop and it's like is it completely memorized are you feeling off each other like is it all about the rehearsal do you all write the songs together so that it's just ingrained in your body by a point or I mean I mean it's not not even anything that specific it's all of that stuff some parts we go on feel or we just kind of watch each other to know what to do some of a lot most of it's just memorized you know you you play it over and over until you're in sync but I I don't know I think like stand-up comedy is probably harder no you actually have a talent I yeah, <laughs> you can play an instrument. You know, I mean, that's no. I, you could divine talent in a lot of ways, but yeah, we're hiding behind our instruments. Yeah, I have three <laughs> other people. And we're loud. <laughs> yeah, but it's we're loud. We don't together. have to hear anything until we stop. But you got to hear the silence. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That, that's, I don't know how comedians do that. Yeah, you're on an island by yourself. I don't. I mean, maybe talent isn't the word, but it definitely takes. 
fortitude to <laughs> yeah. stand up in front of a group of people and just like and it's all you this is like your material you know i've you know if something is screwed up i don't know i can yeah. blame those other guys <laughs> have you have you ever fucked up so egregiously in a show where you're just like fuck me i can't well, uh, what do you do you just keep going or you what do you ideally you keep going well i mean that's really what it is is with experience and i think most musicians will agree is that over time you learn to make those mistakes you know because they happen they're gonna happen as much mm -hmm. as you practice either it could be a technical problem where you're just not on your game or whatever it is it's gonna happen and the whole thing is recovering I mean being a musician mm. is really yeah. just about doing that and Alex Alex videos every show so one of the cool things is um, we get to see what our mistakes look like from the other side Mm. So you break it down like football gameplay day. Almost. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, the big thing is when you're up in front of people and you make a mistake, you feel like everybody notices and it sounds terrible and oh my god, I ruined the song. But then you go back to the the video and it's not even noticeable most of the mm. times. So you do that enough times and you get to realize that like one mistake isn't going to really fuck anything up and you just go with it and trust yourself yeah, yeah. more. And as long as you keep the energy up, you know, you, you're always going to have a good show. If you're having fun, I think everybody else is having fun. What's the worst gig you've ever played? Oh, with this band or in general? Uh, let's say with this band because you're pretty new, which means that you must yeah. have had already just some. I think we would agree on one specific show was it specifically the, for us. The Bindlestiff show? No, not oh. at all. I thought one, that was fine. One, two, three, four, go. Yeah. Oh. It was like our second show. Mm. We were playing with all these bands we love. Yeah. And it was just really uh. tight. It was basically, what, like five, four, five, five. Four or five bands in two hours. Oh my so lord! So it was really three rushed songs. to get going. Three songs. Is that and all you got? And no, then, no, no. We just. I think we were just not in our best form. You know, they were just maybe a little nervous. Sharing little drums. Tight. Did you have, sharing, sharing, amps, drums. sharing amps? Sharing drums. Sharing yeah. drums. Sharing amps. Sharing amps wasn't yeah. the problem. I think it was just tough and the space was new to us and it, 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 was, it was just one of those things you know yeah. I don't think it was anything specific you know, it just wasn't our best show it was, it was our second show yeah. there, there was a, a friend's band uh, was touring from Japan mm. and we really wanted to play with them and so one of our friends in another local band uh, one of um, Alex's uh, bandmates from his other band Conquest for Death uh, put this show together so that this Japanese band could play with all the bands that they played with in Japan and that they got to that know. They were friendly with. Sure. So they put us on, but they as a, and they still had a show that night. It benders. Oh, yeah, so they had this, a bender show. So they had we had to end at a certain time to get them over there. Sure. Yeah. So just like a lot of pressure. It was only our second show. We didn't have the on stage rapport we have now, or the confidence that we have now. So it didn't, you know. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't great. It what, was, yeah. <laughs> what keeps you guys going? Because you're not, you don't get paid that, I mean, you, have, to, you have real jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we have guarantees. We have, Usually oh, it's yeah, like well, 2K. No, he's kidding. Okay. We don't make money. <laughs> but do you have, do you have day jobs? And what keeps you like jobs. involved in, I mean, because it takes a long time to be in a band. It's not just finding bookings yeah. or traveling to places or being on tour but it's also the rehearsal and having a rehearsal mm -hmm. space and having that the time money. to do that yeah. and that yeah. costs money and yes. so like 
you must really love music. I mean, or what's like, what's keeping you guys going? I mean, I'm not ta- what I'm talking about is like the music industry as a larger scene now. And right. it used to be that, hey, you're amazing and we love your sound and we're going to give you a record deal. And now we're going to take care of your bookings and we're going to take care of your promotion. Right. But yeah. that sort of doesn't exist anymore. It's like everyone's their own maverick and you've got to have your SoundCloud and you, right. you sort of book your own shows. and Yeah. I mean, we've all been doing that for so long. Like, we've Yeah, I think it's just what we do. Yeah, we've been playing punk hardcore bands since, I mean, Alex, since, the, I mean, all of us since the 80s, probably. Yeah. And and the thing is, is when I started this, you weren't going to make any money anyway. Uh, so I never had that idea at all. Yeah. Doing, I mean, the thing is, I had already decided the kind of music I was going to do was going to be what I wanted to do regardless. And so it wasn't going to be necessarily a money-making project, right? Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just forms of music where you could you could possibly have done it. Then and it's going to be a lot harder now, obviously. But you know, you could have. I mean, you know, when metal became the thing, right? Gone full metal and maybe got a metal band that was doing pretty well. You know, mm. I don't know. Yeah, but we was, just do because we love it and we can't help ourselves. Yeah. Oh wow. And we well, love other answer. bands and we love meeting new people and we love meeting people that are excited about music. They're just excited yeah. as we are and want to have a fucking good time. You know, I mean. It's a weird We're thing here. too, because like obviously it'd be awesome to like play music for a living, but at the same time, like I don't want this to be a job. I don't want it to feel like a job. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like this is a release from my job. You know, this is uh, just something we do. You know, the job pays for us to be in a band. Essentially, that's yeah. the band is the job. Then I don't know. I when I was when I when I first went to college. Um, I, I, there was, um, this jazz band that was basically a class you try out for the band, but you, you got graded on it and it was, you know, yeah, you had units, a, attendance yeah. rules and everything like a regular class. Um, and I hated it. I hated it so much. I didn't want playing music to be a grade. I didn't want it to be a class. I didn't want it to feel like work. It was supposed to be something I enjoyed. And ever since then, that's been my attitude about music. Like, I don't want music to be work. I want it to be the opposite. Work is one thing. Music is another. And they the, never the twain shall meet. <laughs> but what if, what if there was a society where you could do anything you wanted and you didn't have to have a day job? Would you choose? You'd be like, well, music all day long. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I like the idea. I, I just don't know how it would really be, you know, to do that. I mean, I think yeah. part of the reason I love it so much is because I'm always, f- like, trying to find time for it. Because right? you're hungry for it. You have to be hungry for it. And so how about yeah. if it's, like, every day all the time? I don't know if I would love it as much. I feel like there's still a lot of discovery because there's so much I want to do. But who knows if my passion really goes that far. Yeah, what did you what did you bring here, CD wise? I brought I brought I brought one part of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a pile of stuff too. It started out with a Japanese band called Vivisec, and then it ended up being a bunch of V's. So I also bought bought a Violent Opposition CD and a Brazilian thrash band called Violator. Wow! So who's how... going to be in the states in July down in LA? What what makes what um how do you find? How do you find your music? Are you constantly on the search for like metal? Do you you have a lot of CDs? Are they old CDs? Are you buying new CDs? Is it all online now? Are you just looking on Spotify or SoundCloud and putting in new metal bands? And I mean, what do you? Is it friends of friends say, "Did you hear about Violator or whatever?" And then you listen and. Well, I think you found Violator on tour, right? Yeah, 
These bands that I brought up right now were because of tour. Oh, okay. And honestly, I am super overwhelmed by the amount of music that's out there. I can barely keep track. Um, I rely on friends that turn me on to stuff, other yeah. bands that turn me on to stuff. Well, in Alex's case, too, if I can speak for you, like he, his old band, Conquest for De- Death, toured a lot, and they toured the world, and they, they've been to places like Brazil and Mongolia and Australia, and so and he has exposure. Work? to music that a lot of people don't in other in our part of the world so he has like a whole different you know conduit to that stuff was that a, a sponsored us- tour because or did you your band paid for it sponsored by hours of work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no no uh they're they're completely giant losses oh. in fact we mostly decided to play in places where people had no money and we would definitely not make money <laughs> wow <laughs> But the adventures are great. And, sure. you know, the, the thing I, I, I got out of most of all was first meeting some of the greatest guys I've ever met playing music with. Uh, and then secondly is going to other um, countries and experiencing culture like no other way. You know, sure. there's nothing like being connected immediately once you're there through the music. Right. right. Um, and then through places the places to stay, <laughs> meeting people, you know, things like that. Because you can travel somewhere, but there's no... There's no guarantee you're going to meet someone local or be able to come, go to the house for dinner or hang out with their friends and family and, and find out what's really going on. Sure. As opposed to being a tourist and just kind of, you know, getting the tourist view, right? Right. So. Right. Paying for the tourist experience, which yeah. feels so safe. Um, <laughs> grab me, pick a CD and tell me to play something. We'll play We'll play one of your songs. Let's do, let's song, do Violent Opposition like. since we're playing oh, with yeah, them yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're playing with these guys. And this is, uh, there's a lot of tracks to pick from. So yeah, <laughs> they're hey. probably very short. Yeah, all very short yeah great. Let's see uh, the names of some of these. Okay. This is violent opposition. Yeah, Buddha's enlightenment, awesome. synchronized circle pit, fracking, love it. Competitive pride. Oh man, <laughs> these guys are speaking my language here. It's almost like the. It's a. It's more. It's just uh, beautiful poetry. So this is uh, violent opposition. Let's. Uh, from uh, give 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 the, the dates area. again. Give the dates again. Of, so it's tomorrow, February twenty first. Empty people, these bastards. Violent opposition. That ship has sailed. And then yes. the eighth. Uh, the eighth is it, War at Bison. Veterans Hall in uh, Fair Oaks with uh, good shit. War Bison, Legion of Malice, Control All Delete, and one other. And it's uh, Jorge's birthday bash. He's turning twenty six. He's a promoter oh. up there. Yeah. And it should be a rocking show. And the next night, the 9th of March at Parkside. I'm definitely going to be at that show. It's going to be fun. For the War Bison record release. Yep. Uh, with Grisero and Cold Claw. We'll start here with the synchronized circle pit. This is what my, my boyfriend likes to do the Looking running into people pit. and hurting them. At the, and I'm like, stop. And it's what he loves. He loves metal and he'll go out and he'll do. And I, I can't usually go to shows with him because I don't like to see him get hurt. Uh, and he'll come home and he'll be like, I had so much fun. And I'm like, the bruises on his body. And then the next day he'll be like, I'm so sore. And I'm like, you get no sympathy. Yeah. You did it to yourself. I saw you in the synchronized circle pit. <laughs> yeah. 